Money FM 89.3, best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific stocks are rallying this morning. Markets in Tokyo, Seoul and Sydney are all trading up more than 1%. Investors appear to be cheering Joe Biden's victory in the U.S. presidential elections. Traders also have their eyes this morning on Beijing, where we've learned that Chinese exports jumped more than 11% in October. Joining me now for a deeper dive into the markets and a look at the week ahead, he's Ryan Huang. Good morning, Ryan. Morning, Michelle. How's your weekend? Pretty good. How's yours? Pretty good because we had a long week of roller coaster <laughs> twists and turns last week. So, a good break. Yeah, but then the cliffhanger on uh, Saturday night was uh, gotten over, right? Smartphones across the island, no doubt, vibrated in unison with new notifications not long, just past midnight on Saturday, as former Vice President Joe Biden won the state of Pennsylvania and with it the race for the U.S. presidency. Donald Trump has refused to concede, though. Instead, he's lodging a host of lawsuits challenging the results. The race for the control of the U.S. Senate, meanwhile, won't be decided till January, when two runoff elections are held. Republicans are favoured in those races. It would give them control of the chamber, leading to at least two years of a split government. So, Ryan, it's still early days, but do we have a sense of how markets are reacting? Yeah, looking at what we have right now, it is mainly or mostly positive reactions to what we saw over the weekend. And this is, if I look at what's happening in the markets first, you've got Asia pretty much getting some solid gains and you've got Australia up by 1.4% and I think you pointed out Korea and Japan are also in the green and markets back home also pushing their highest levels in nearly four months and this is uh, really showing how there is now a bit of a relief in markets that we have some clarity and if I dive into the currency markets that is showing that the dollar is weakening as well so that is interesting to see I guess uh, because you do have a couple of things driving that dollar weakness. And if you look at what's happening with um, some of the implications with Joe Biden in the picture, uh, that means you have more trade certainty with other countries, for example, China. Uh, That tension level could be turned down a notch, so that could improve the currency outlook for China. And conversely, conversely, that will be a weaker U.S. dollar. So right out of the gates, you've got in early trading for U.S. dollar down by around 0.5% after last week's 1.9% drop. And that 1.9% drop was its um, biggest drop in um, many months. Mm-hmm. And right now, if I look at a U.S. dollar mm-hmm. versus Sing dollar, it's at 11-month lows at 1.346. Yeah, as you mentioned, the U.S. dollar is losing ground and this continues a trend that we've been seeing for a couple of months now. The greenback has depreciated about 10% from its high earlier this year. It is near a two-year low. Mm. So help us understand why a Biden victory is bad for U.S. dollar strength. Yeah, so if I walk back or take a step back, you have the the relief rally right now in the stock markets. So you have, in to some extent, less demand for the safe haven U.S. dollar. And the clarity around, I guess, trade relations is a boost for multilateral relations and trade. So that is good news for emerging market currencies as well as what, what pretty much Asia trading. So that is helping um, improve the fortunes of Asian currencies versus the U.S. currencies. And of course, this is against the backdrop of a weakening U.S. dollar pretty much since May. So that is against a 
environment of low rates for nearly the next three years at least and rising U.S. debt because you now have more stimulus measures coming up and that could raise the yields or the, for the U.S. bonds. So that is going to put more pressure on the dollar as well. Mm, markets may be looking out for signals whether this will be a contested election. So another note about the U.S. elections. U.S. President Donald Trump may be challenging the legitimacy of the election count and refusing to concede, but one of his Republican predecessors is taking the opposite approach. Former U.S. President George Bush, George W. Bush, has called Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to congratulate them on their election win. He also issued a statement saying the U.S. election was, quote, fundamentally fair. All right, Ryan, let's bring the discussion back to issues here at home. The People's Action Party held their biennial conference on Sunday. Did Prime Minister Lee Sien Long give any indication of his plans to step down? Okay, it's a bit of a yes and no. So he did talk about it in the sense that he is making sure that Leadership renewal is one of his top priorities. Uh, he had previously signaled, of course, that he wants to step aside when he's 70 years old in 2022. But then, of course, the whole COVID-19 pandemic came around and he's now determined to see through the pandemic before handing over Singapore in what he says intact and in good working order. So that is the latest update we have on when this um, transition might happen. All right. PM Lee also gave a fairly sober assessment of Singapore's economic rebound. What is his prognosis for our economy? All right. So he says Singapore is unlikely to pick up in a very vibrant sort of way very soon. So he's trying to temper expectations because in many parts of the world, especially in Europe and the US, you are still seeing a rising number of COVID-19 cases. And that brings the possibility or potential of more lockdowns down the road that could affect consumption, affect trade. So all that could spill over into Singapore. So it is a bit of a cautious outlook. And of course, it is not even, it's going to be patchy. Uh, Some sectors will be hit more than others, Mm. especially in transport, tourism, aviation. So these, he called them, um, he described them as being likely to remain in suspended animation for quite some time because you can imagine easily easily that you won't be seeing tourism going back to pre-COVID levels anytime soon. Uh, but of course, there are some bright spots here and there. Of course, um, over the weekend, we had some Chinese data showing encouraging export numbers. So there is some bright spots to cheer about, but of course, you have to be cautious that it is not going to ramp up very fast. Yeah, and while some sectors remain in limbo, there are some bright spots for the F&B and entertainment sectors here. As COVID rules continue to be eased, on Friday, the government announced it would allow some bars and nightclubs to reopen from next month as part of a pilot program. In corporate news, Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway bought back a whole lot of its own stock in the third quarter of the year. With the pandemic weighing on its earnings and share price, Berkshire Hathaway nearly doubled its share buyback program. So Ryan, just how much did the company spend on its shares? Yeah, Warren Buffett really went shopping. $9 billion (laughs) worth of his own stock. So buybacks in the third quarter hit a record like you pointed out. He also spent $4.8 billion on stocks and you might remember a couple of deals that he ironed out and this includes a 10 billion dollar deal in the energy sector around dominion energy's natural gas assets he also bought more of bank of america's stock 2.1 billion dollars worth and he of course closer to home 
invested in five Japanese trading companies to the tune of $6 billion. And he's also an investor in Snowflake, that IPO mm. uh, that uh, was, uh, of course, quite uh, closely watched, that cloud data platform. So that is, I guess, showing quite a change in mood. He is looking at deals. He's also looking at or thinking that his stock price is undervalued. So maybe that could continue with um, the picture we have right now with the clarity in the markets, with Joe Biden uh, likely to be the president right now. So that could improve his mood even further. Yeah. Investment gains also fueled an 82% jump in Berkshire Hathaway's profits during the third quarter. Every operating unit except its energy business, though, reported a drop in profits. Now, regular listeners of this program, Market View, know that we often like to discuss headlines with a game show style format. And one of the games I like to play is Jeopardy, where I give an answer and then Ryan provides a question that fits that answer. Well, long-time Jeopardy host Alex Trebek died over the weekend. He was 80 and had hosted Jeopardy for more than 30 years. So in his memory. Ryan, are you up for a quick Jeopardy game this morning? What are the prizes today? Uh, any <laughs> sort of pastry you want from the toast uh, downstairs. All right, let's go. <laughs> Remember, you need to reply in the form of a question starting with what is or who is. Everybody ready? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Singapore authorities have nudged these companies to stop building new facilities. Okay, in the form of a question, um, what country has asked its data center industry to stop building new ones? Excellent go. Who are data centers? You're right. The Business Times reports that a moratorium on constructing new data centers was implicitly imposed early last year during a closed-door session with government agencies and industry players. And this has led to a rise in short-term rental rates. He's on track, our Ryan. Up next, this bank is offering an aggressive mortgage loan deal to big lenders. Right. Who is Citibank? Hey, absolutely right. They're offering a promotional rate below 1%. And to qualify, you need to take out a home loan of at least $800,000. So really for premium clients only. And this is, of course, part of a wider strategy to hook them in. Well, I think a lot of people have mortgages that hit at least 800000 below 1%. That is something, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And you have to hit the other criteria as well. Ah. You need to be a Citibank private client as oh, well. Oh, I see. So it I comes see. with a lot of strings and you need to meet those criteria. Before. Do we know how long the 1% lasts? Whoa, I don't think we have the details here. We'll, have <laughs> we'll to check out that. Now let's check in on local stocks now. The SDI jumped more than 6% last week. It's best week in months to close at 25.78. How's it doing this morning? And is it adding on to those gains or is profit taking kicking in? Yeah, despite Friday's drop of 0.4%, it was a rather pretty good week for this, the um, stock markets. And that saw the STI up by around 6%. So going into the Monday action, it is pretty much tracking the rest of the region. It is in the green by 1.6%. And pretty much across the region, you are looking at regional markets up by at least 1%. And it is really reflective of the, I guess, sense of relief after being dragged out for so long. There is some clarity now around the US elections. Absolutely right. That's Ryan Huang walking away uh, to a treasure trove of Kaya toast. This is Market View. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.